I feel like being blocked by <laughs> is, wait, did I, Name were we not saying this? Okay, shh, shh. Okay, no, I'll say that again. baby's canny to steak. Welcome to the Canonican <laughs> Life. I'm Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs. As always, before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that my half of this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Mi'kmaq territory. To support your local Indigenous community, please consider donating to organizations who are providing essential care. Examples, if you are living in Ottawa, are the Ottawa Native Friendship Center, Wabano, and Minwashin Lodge. Well, um, I think we should start with, like, sad news. Um, so, as many people who listen to this podcast, like, you probably either knew Brian Fraser or knew of Brian Fraser. Um, he was, like, a very important member of our community, and he passed away this past week. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I can speak for both of us and say that we will miss him very much, and... Um, it's been really amazing to see how he handled his illness and, um, you know, how much he's done for Canadian blood services while Mm -hmm. he was struggling and how open he was and how brave he was. And, um, I'm really sad. Yeah. Um, and we, we talked about this before we started recording and far into it, but like, yeah, I just want to send my condolences to his family and to you know, all of his friends, and, um, it's, we were both saying that, like, it's really nice that we have this community that's all kind of grieving him at once, and so, um, we're able to talk to each other about it. Um, I, I have appreciated all of the tributes that have gone out, um, I got very emotional about the sense, um, acknowledging it, and, like, all the players sharing the post on Instagram and stuff. Our condolences are with everyone who, knew Brian and who loved him and um it's nice to know that a lot of us are in this together but I feel like now we're talking about something that Brian did love which was the Sens absolutely destroying our rivals whatever is happening with the Sens right now oh my god like we it's been about a month since our last episode we're sorry uh (laughs) try to do it more we try to record more frequently it doesn't always happen um but you know last month we were saying like man the sands are so bad like (laughs) this is you know they're just gonna lose every game and they turned it around and they destroyed the habs and then they of course like came back from down 5-1 against the leafs which was incredible like the Sens have not been winning many games this season, but the games that they do win, they, like, they pick their moments. <laughs> they pick the ones that, like, count. Like, they'll destroy the Habs, mm-hmm. they'll destroy the Leafs, and they did an incredible, like, 6-1 against the Flames, which is, like, you know, we love the Kachucks <laughs> playing each other. I mean, I think all of us are, you know, that picture of the Kachuk family wearing the half flame, half Sens jerseys? <laughs> That's every single one of us. Like, it's the best uh, rivalry. Is it though? Is it? I think we're mostly on the Sens side here. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, like, yeah, but come on, I love them. I love that. I love that sibling rivalry. 
I, I have recapped a lot of these really fun wins. It's pretty nice. Um, it's funny because like when I first started writing for Silver 7, it was sort of an inside joke that I would always end up recapping like the really awful losses. And like, you know, I, I was known for like every time the Sens just got like completely destroyed, I would like roast them in the recap. And then now the tables have turned and I'm just getting all <laughs> the really fun wins. Um, anyways, yeah, I recapped that 5-1 game against Toronto and I, I just like... One thing that I've been thinking about with that game is that the Leafs do something like this about every year. There's sort of the annual, like, Leafs loss that's really embarrassing. You know, obviously there was a 4-1 loss. There was, like, the, was it, like, 9 nothing against the, the, um, uh, the Sabres a while ago. There was the David Ayers game. Like, some are worse than others, but there's usually, like, one game a season where the Leafs just, like, really embarrass themselves. And as Sens fans, we always enjoy this so much. We're used to kind of watching from the sidelines and, like, celebrating this the way that we would celebrate a Sens win. Like, that's sort of the joke that, like, we celebrate Leafs losses the way we celebrate Sens wins. And it was so incredible to, like, finally play the role of the team delivering that loss. <laughs> like, you know, we're it's so amazing. used to watching from the sidelines and it's like, finally the Sens get to do it themselves. And, like, no fan base could possibly enjoy this type of game more than Sens fans did. It's truly like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I can't even put into words how enjoyable it is. Mm -hmm. It's like amazing. And I said this before, um, but like knowing that this, the Habs are always considered, oh, not the Habs, sorry. Knowing that the Leafs have like been considered kind of at the top of the Canadian division <laughs> And then just, like, watching them be destroyed by arguably <laughs> one of the worst teams in the league. It's so satisfying. And it's one of those things where, like, we say this constantly. I don't think any of us expect the Sens to, like, win the Sam Stanley Cup. So we just care about, you know, beating our rival teams. <laughs> and it feels well, great. Yeah, and um, there is... Well, okay, technically I guess there are two teams the losing record against the Sens now, but like the Flames have only played one game as of the recording of this podcast. If the Sens completely embarrass the Flames like right after we finish recording, like <laughs> you know, this will be a, you know, dated a little bit, but um you know, the Habs aside from the Flames are the only team with a losing record against the Sens right now, which is so funny. And the fact that we got Claude Junier fired for a second time because we did it in 2015 too. When, he, when yeah, the Bruins fired him. Um, uh, I think the Sens are that. too good. I think this is proof that the Sens are maybe too good. Maybe Claude but Junier even if wasn't doing a good. bad job. Maybe even we were just doing a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even if they're terrible, it's so funny because the Leafs and Habs keep losing to them. <laughs> oh, it's literally incredible. It's, like, so funny. And also knowing, you know, I think that the fan bases from both teams kind of go into these games usually expecting to win. Mm -hmm. Whereas we don't. We're just, like, <laughs> like, we just love to suffer. So we are truly sickos. Like, exactly. truly. <laughs> no, it's, it's so much fun. And, like, I love that... It feels like for the first time since about 2017, the Sens have a sort of team identity. Um, and that's another thing that I've kind of been thinking about because, you know, the team that existed from about, like, I'd say 2013 to 2017, it wasn't on paper the best team, but you know, they won the games that mattered. They had those, like, crazy comebacks. They 
won lots of overtime games. They had a whole bunch of reclamation projects on the roster too. A bunch of, you know, guys who were drafted really late or who, you know, didn't do well on other teams. Um, and it had just a really, really strong team identity. There was also, unfortunately, a lot of tragedy surrounding that team, right? And it it was an easy team to root for. And I think that was one of the things that was really difficult about this sort of teardown that happened in 2018, because we really did love that team a lot. And it felt like we just lost that team identity. Um, and so it's been like absolutely incredible to watch that attitude sort of come back with a new twist on it, right? Like now we have all these young players who are living together and having fun and like they're all great friends. And also like it's a team that will lose to like every team in the division except Toronto and Montreal. And like every time they win, they make it count, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's so much to say about having a team with personality. Like, at the end of the day, sports are just entertainment. Obviously, you want to be rooting for a team that's actually good. But if my team's not going to be good, at least... I I mean, ideally, I'd like it to be good and to have a personality. But I can pick either (laughs) or as well. Like, I'm fine with that. So it's nice. You know, it gives the fans something to enjoy. If, you know, if we're going to be rooting for a losing team, at least I want to be rooting for a losing team where I'm like stoked about Colin White's comeback for example yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. okay confirmed because I put Colin White I dropped Derek Broussard for the first time in my entire oh, time playing fantasy hockey I dropped Derek Broussard so that I could acquire Colin White and he suddenly he's in the roster and suddenly he is just scoring I mean two, yeah, like, two, two goals, goals in the yeah. last game yeah man okay I would say that maybe manifesting works maybe the girls maybe. who were into the secret are correct <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you can't really argue with that evidence, can you? No. Yeah, I um, think this um, is scientific. This is a scientific trial. <laughs> I think um Twitter user Finnegan's Ghost said it really well where he said, I appreciate that the sends either win to embarrass or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is truly like the MO. I I've been really enjoying this. I mean I um not to brag, but I got a job. Um, so I'm not really watching games because they are very late and I have to get up very early. Um, but it's like, I'm like back to my absolute, like, sense obsession roots where I'm like watching recaps. Um, I wake up at 5am and I check the score. Like it's, it's truly depressing maybe, but also very fun. (laughs) Yeah. And like. Like, I won't lie, that period between, like, 2018 and, you know, the beginning of 2021, like, it was really, really rough to watch this team. And I was, and, you know, as anyone who read some of my articles on Silver 7 might have been able to tell, like, I was struggling with wondering if I would ever be as into hockey as I had been up until 2017. Like, I really thought that I had just lost the, like, passion for hockey, um because this team had like betrayed me so much and I was like oh is it just because I'm like getting older and you know have different interests now and I just feel like I'm right back where I was in 2017 now which is so much fun and I I love that this team has also provided us with this much fun even when they're losing like I keep saying I keep making comparisons to the Hamburglar run but that's kind of what it was like where it was like this team was never good but like what team like has such a fun season where they like 
just barely make the playoffs, you know? <laughs> like, what, what team has a run that epic where you're like, this is one of the greatest runs in, in team history. And, like, literally they just made the playoffs and then lost in, like, five games. I think you're making a really good point there as well with the drop-off of, like, you know, people like you, people who I know who have podcasts about the Senators, who write about the Senators, you know, who people who I know who've been blogging about the Sens for over 10 years were like, I don't want to interact with this or I don't want mm-hmm. to, you know, throw myself behind this team anymore. Which, you know, on the one hand, I don't know, maybe this is me, but I was like, okay, maybe these people are being like a little bit dramatic. Like, it's fine to dip in and out of a hobby. That happens. But... um. I think there's something to say about how the team handled things um, that kind of really led to this, like, this, like, sentiment where you're just like, I don't enjoy this anymore. And that's a thing, you know, like, you can, you don't have to stick to your sports team through thick and thin. You can say, I don't enjoy this hobby anymore. And you can drop this hobby. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the world. And so it's quite impressive of them to be like, you know, okay, uh, we've, like, created an environment where, you know, fans are raising money for a Malik Outbuild board, and <laughs> the bloggers are all, like, quitting, and, you know, people are deleting their sense Twitter accounts on, and, like, you know, it, it was, like, wild, and now get back to an environment where we're excited about the game, even though, you know, we're not exactly winning. That is really nice. Um, and I think that, I think that, like, the social media person's coming into their own. I think we've noticed that recently, like... Well, yeah, without that Sensico uh, picture, did you see it? That was so good. Just, like, the tiniest, like, photoshopped in. That was so good. Um, yeah. I think that, like, that is the kind of thing that we're excited about. And I think that having players who just, like, talk about, you know, I I mean, we're all kind of obsessed about the the Brady, Josh Norris, Stutzler <laughs> household. But, um, you know, hearing these guys talk about just, like, their lives and, like, you know, what they're up to and being just really sweet about each other as well. Like, I mean, there's yeah, always some, sure. like, gentle... Yeah, there's always some, like, gentle, you know, joking about each other. But they're, like... They seem to be really good friends. And it's easy to cheer for that. It's easy to, like, be excited and enjoy that kind of news and that kind of content and I think it's just you know given as like a a complete 180 as a fan base we're still Mm -hmm. a great fan base for infighting (laughs) I mean (laughs) shout out to Colin Cudmore who got like dunked on for saying that Tim Stussler has bad advanced stats I felt so bad that was so funny (laughs) I mean I mean, this is a no stats podcast. This is a, yeah. you know, this is the anti Cullen Codmore. Oh, God, I just said Cullen's name wrong. I called him Cullen Codmore. This is the, the anti Cullen podcast. Oh, no. I mean, personally, I think he's a wonderful person. I really like him. Yeah, we just want to clarify like, Colin Cudmore is one of my best Twitter friends. Like, I talk to him offline all the time. Poppy knows him too. If you're listening, Colin, you're great. No, no, (laughs) it's not the anti Colin podcast in that we hate him. It's the anti Colin podcast in that we have the exact opposite approach to hockey. (laughs) Well, and that's always. 
Colin and I started writing at Silver 7 at the same time, and it's been kind of a joke where, like, we have just exact opposite content that we provide. <laughs> <It> <laughs> but is, we make like, a great team, yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, like, that's kind of funny, and it's... <laughs> It's like it's one of those things, you know. I mean, it's kind of funny to be like, "Colin, shut up! We're enjoying this." Um, it's another thing to like start beef on Twitter.com. Like, you're literally adults, you know. Grow up and stop it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yeah. "My guys, it's truly like embarrassing." But you know, as a fan base, we're still great at fighting. But I think that's mm-hmm. any any sports fan base. Um, maybe we should chill a little bit. It's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Just my, just my opinion, but, yeah. but you know. Oh, that being said, though, a certain um, sunriser has blocked us on Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he blocked me. I like, I didn't. I mean, okay, I did, I did make fun of him for a while, a few weeks before he blocked me, and then he blocked me, and then went and blocked the Melnikin account too. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Not I'm obsessed with the idea that he went on your account. <laughs> And then, like, blocked, like, I bet he's blocked fangirlish as well. Like, oh, he's blocked like, every see. account, yeah. like, that you're linked with. But then he didn't, like, he went on those accounts and blocked them. But then, even though in our podcast description it has both of us tagged, he did not take the extra step. It's like, my, I'm not gonna name names, we all know who I'm talking about, but it's like, my dude, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you putting so, so much funny. effort I, into this? I feel like being blocked by this unnamed Ottawa Sunwriter um, <laughs> is a big sense Twitter like milestone. So I, I feel kind of proud of that, to be honest. Like I, I think that being proud of being blocked is like cringe. You shouldn't do it. I, I don't like that mm-hmm. culture, but this was kind of funny. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, like I'm never gonna get blocked, but I also don't follow him and don't interact with his content because. Um, mm-hmm. I could literally consume any other, any other sans writer on the internet and I would not miss his hashtag great coverage reveal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but anyway, speaking of Twitter beef, I thought it was really important to let everybody know that, you know, we we did get blocked by one person we know of. Mm -hmm. I don't know who else is. We've probably been blocked by many people, but... (laughs) That's probably just self- If you haven't blocked us, why? That's probably just like- self-preservation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like <laughs> that's such a tangent. But um, wonderful news is that both Drake Batherson and Josh Norris are improving their German. Happy yes. to hear this. I, I love the little updates on, like, they talk to Stutzler and he's like, yeah, they keep speaking German to me and, like, trying to improve their German. Um, it's very cute. One thing I do want to say, though, is we have a player on this team who does not speak English. Why is nobody learning Russian for Zub? Like, we have, like, three Russian-speaking players and, like, I feel like the team should be learning Russian. Stutzler speaks English. You don't need to learn German for him. Like, I know that Batherson and Norris, they both, like, already speak a little bit of German and they're working on it. It makes sense. But Artem Zub knows at least 30 words in English. I want every player on the Senators to know at least 30 words in Russian. They need to match him. I, um, took Russian for a year and, um, I can already teach people some very important sentences. Um, I can say, I like to dance in the disco. 
Uh, yellow blue pit vodka na satrak. I like to drink vodka for breakfast. And Minyazavut Poppy. My name is Poppy. So I already Great speak sentences. more Russian than like <laughs> a lot of the Ottawa Senators players. Mm-hmm. Not to brag. Um, I feel like they should at least learn how to say you can say Ochin Kharasha, which means very good. I feel like they should learn to say that so that they can say oh, it to yeah. you. <laughs> just just over and over again just like very good yes yeah <laughs> they, just like, they just need to learn how to compliment him that's all i want i want them to like learn really really nice things to say to zoob i feel like he's there to stay as well i mean obviously mm-hmm. he's gonna learn english and mm-hmm. you know not to um be a little bit biased but i do think learning english is easier than learning russian because their grammar is intense <laughs> um but i feel like i i hope that people are at least learning how to say like you know small sentences uh, I do think it's funny to imagine that like he basically needs like one of his um teammates to translate all the time um, I know I love that it's so cute that must be a lot that must be so stressful and like from my experience learning languages and being in master languages is so exhausting when you're constantly surrounded by a foreign language so he must be like mentally exhausted from that and yet he's playing incredibly so um i hope we keep archim zub forever or at least for a long time (laughs) i I also love that there's just been this sort of like (laughs) the way sense twitter talks about zub is like very weird like to any outsider (laughs) like we've just decided that like he's a cult leader now um i love it it's amazing i am fully on board but I, I like that Zub is clearly very confused about this because there's no way he understands any of it. Like, he literally doesn't speak English. And, like, I I hope that this gets big enough that it reaches the team and he, like, <laughs> finds out about it and is just really confused. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that he at least realizes that he's being um, applauded, I guess, that, like, the fan base enjoys him. Um, oh, I do yeah. think it's fun when people are just like, Zoo. Like, that's it. That's the tweet. Um, <laughs> exactly. Because that's all you need to say. He is quite impressive. Um, is, yeah. A thing that I'm obsessed with, personally, is that Ryan Dezingle is coming back. I love Ryan Dezingle. I think he has, he has, like, a face that, like, this is so weird, but, like, he has this face where I'm like, if you were on, if, whenever you're on any other team, I want to, like, punch you, but if you're on my team, you're the most lovable person in the world. I feel the same way about Brady Kachuk. There's just <laughs> I, I something actually, about him. I don't see that about Zingle, though. I just find that he seems very, like, cheerful. I don't know. He's, he's like... Oh, but that's you know, the he's... problem, Beata. If he's on another team, <laughs> what are you smiling about? What are you smiling about? <laughs> what are you so happy about being a jerk? But if he's on my team... But he's not a jerk. Amazing. He just seems really sweet. Like, I look at him and I'm like, oh, that's a, a nice guy. You know? Like, he just seems like he's happy to be here. And he seems very kind. And, like, he wouldn't punch you in the face. Whereas Brady Kachuk, I look at him and I'm like, yes, yeah, he would true. punch me in the face. You know? Yeah. Ryan Dezingle has good vibes. I'm excited. I do... I mean, one of my favorite pictures of all times was when... Um, Ryan Dezingle was in the same plane as, um, <laughs> It was God. Duchesne and his, and like, Matt his Duchesne, dogs, yeah, right? it was, like, Matt Duchesne and his family and, like, Ryan Dezingle in the back <laughs> Ryan seat. Dezingle. I loved that, yeah. I- I'd forgotten about that, actually. That was incredible. 
Um, it is ingrained yeah. in my brain because it was like for, I really liked Duchesne. I liked Zingle, mm-hmm. and so it was like a big loss for me. And then seeing them <laughs> in their plane, I was it was like, and they were looking so happy, and I. <laughs> I felt a loss. Nobody, it's like Derek Brassard. Nobody cared about the Duchesne trade as much as I did. Like I, it really hurt me. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm very like excited for this. Yeah, and, and he's a fun um, player to watch. I uh, yeah, it'll be one hundred percent. It's kind of nice to get like a quote unquote vintage senator back. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be fun. <laughs> one down. Now we got to bring in the whole rest of the team, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna get hey, back? San Jose seems pretty unhappy with Carlson right now. <laughs> Imagine if Carlson was just like, you know how I always joke about Cody Cece dismantling all the rival <laughs> teams from the inside? Imagine if Carlson's doing that. And then like he'd come back to Ottawa and he'd be the best player we've had again, again for the that. second time. That would be really funny. It but would. maybe yeah. he just really wants to go back. I mean, he yeah. does live in Ottawa in the summer, right? I think like most of like a lot of that 2017 team lives in Ottawa during the summer although who knows if Mark Stone's house will be intact in time for him to come back Um, (laughs) it kind of seems like it's just been taken over by the younger generation of senators oh man we never discussed that Mark Stone's now the captain right I think we did no I think it like was announced just after we we were oh that was a while ago yeah it was really nice to see him like it was I was very emotional about it. Um, he should have been the captain of the Sens and all that. But it it's nice to see him being appreciated in Vegas. Yeah, I feel like Vegas is... I mean, it's easy to like be like Vegas is tacky, but I think they seem like a really fun market to play in. So I'm yeah, happy Those gold that... helmets? Those, those fit Mark Stone's personality perfectly. I love that. Yeah. I think he's a cutie. I'm happy for him. But I'm also like, man... <laughs> It's always so bittersweet to see that happen. Um, what's not bittersweet, and which also includes a vintage senator who was also on that team, is that Mark Mathart is now a like certified hockey Twitter send sicko. I love this. Like, <laughs> and he's also he's been in on the memes and everything. Like, he loves Artem Zub. He like he was trolling the Leafs hashtag a while ago. Um, yeah, and like it's actually kind of it's also really cool to hear his like insight um, because it's like he's tweeting like he's one of the fans, but sometimes you know the Sens will do something and he's like oh yeah that's a really difficult move to make or like oh I really like this aspect of Zoom's game or of course he was like this is why you need Haley in the lineup so that he can like intimidate all the other um players right like it's kind of interesting to get the insight of a former player um and obviously like you know there are tons of former players in the media and everything but I don't know it just feels different having just a, a former player like live tweeting us I totally agree. I think it's so charming. I love how, like, seamlessly he's slipped into Sen's Twitter. It gives me, um, it, it makes me once again create a conspiracy hit theory in my head where he's been following Sen's Twitter for, like, years, and that's why he knows all the memes, and he knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> but it's also, I, like, it's weird to see, um, like, to, to realize that the player's know what's happening in the fan base like he 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 referenced oh he referenced the like no respect thing from 2013 and i was like wait the players knew that that was a meme <laughs> right like they, they know, know what's that happening that well hey, you weren't around um, 
Um, yeah, I also love that he chose uh, the Sens over any other team that he played for. Like, I know he's from Ottawa, so it makes sense, but it's like, oh man, he still cheers for us. That's nice. Yeah, it's been really fun. And as you said, like, the insight is obviously, like, amazing. It's fun to, to hear what other players have to say. I think uh, we don't really get that much because the players do tend to sort of stick to themselves. Um, hockey's, like, not that much of a personality sport it doesn't usually most of the time we don't really feel like the players um have much of a chummy relationship with the fan base I think um they always feel like sort of you know once removed and if there is contact with the fans it's always through the team so it's exciting and like kind of fun to just watch it and see him interact with people I mean he's interacted with people before remember he like told us he didn't care about mascots so yeah Anyway, I hope that post-pandemic, Mark thought will be, like, at Lieutenant's Pump with us watching the draft, you know? Hey, um, at the, the Zoom draft party, Chris Neal told me that he wanted to show up to a Sens Twitter meetup, so we might ha- get several former senators. Who knows? That will be so fun. I want Chris Neal and Mark thought, and I'm... Hmm, who am I manifesting? I mean, obviously Carlson would be, like, amazing. I'm... I'm I feel manifesting like, when you retire like players. Yeah, that's yeah. Dif- that's that's tricky. Daniel Alfredson. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, if Alfredson showed up to a meetup, I would pee myself. <laughs> I was about. Sh- I was like, should I say this on the podcast? And then I was like, yeah, I should. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, and I also hope that these senators, like, I am waiting for the sensico meme to actually reach the players. Um, like. It's it already totally reached the has. team. It's reached the team. It's reached the media. And the next step is for a player to like post a you know a post game Instagram and have the caption be something about the sickos. I think we're almost there. Maybe I after this think, game, I think the young guys are definitely aware of it. Like Tim Stutzler is very online. Uh, Willannon is very mm-hmm. online. I feel like you know they've definitely. They've definitely gotten it. I can't remember who tweeted that meme, but it was like a picture of um Tim Stutzler and then it was like German Google search results that were just like <laughs> yeah. what does sicko mean in German? <laughs> yeah. Um I also I feel like it just perfectly matches Brady's personality, and so I'm like waiting for Brady Kachuk to embrace it because I just feel like that is like exactly his type of thing. He he is the ultimate sense sicko, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like um, in the Chet and Luke podcast, they used to refer to people who, like, I guess we would now call sickos as haters. You know what I mean? Like, they used to be like, oh, the way that, like, J.G. Pajot plays, like, that's a sicko. <laughs> that's a hater. Move. Yeah. Oh, I keep thinking about how well J.G. Pajot would fit with this team. And, like, that makes me so sad all the time. <laughs> like, he would be so, like, so good. Not that there's, like, really a, a role for him on this team, to be honest. Like, I... I I can understand that, like, he doesn't really slot into the lineup anywhere right now. Um, but, man, he would really fit this team identity. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Like, Sickos is basically the new haters, and I I love that for us. Um, and also, I love uh, an opportunity to, once again, bring up the Chet and Luke podcast, which I will miss for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, speaking of, like, the Sickos... <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the young players. Um, I, I, okay. I titled my Mark Stone's house uh, Stonehenge in here 
That's um, what it is. I was wondering why you said Stonehenge, but yes, that makes perfect sense. Okay, we need to make this a thing now. It's the Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah. that's. I just wanted to. I didn't want to write Stone's house, but um, there was a recent uh, interview that Brady did with um with Sportsnet, and he talked about the house obviously a lot. He talked about the game. He talked about losing his teeth, which is like, <laughs> I'm amazed that it didn't happen sooner. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, Brady. Apparently they managed, apparently this was like one of the few cases where he was actually wearing his mouth guard. And so that like, they so managed, it's so gross. They managed to like, I, I guess it's practical, but also gross. Apparently they managed to like save some of his teeth because they were like stuck in the mouth guard. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah. I don't even know how that works, but that's what he said. I'm like, disgusting. Anyway, Brady lost some teeth, but that's just vibes. And, um... He was talking about just, like, the household, obviously, and apparently Josh Norris keeps making steak. I love that. So, <laughs> I I love that he's making steak specifically because, like, for anyone who maybe is not totally up to date on the memes, um, there was this very, very famous Guy Boucher, I think it was Boucher, um, quote back in 2017 about Thomas Shabbat drawing into the lineup where he was like, you know, he's not going to play that much, you know, we're not going to give him too much responsibility. Do you feed steak to a baby? Um, so now, like, literally, I just associate steak with, like, <laughs> players getting more responsibility and since that's kind of, you know, the feeding steak to a baby is kind of the, the vibe that we're going for this season, right? Like, they're all babies. They're they're being fed their steak. They're, they're you know, out for overtime and, you know, for the last few minutes of a game. Um, so it's nice that in their house, they are literally making steak. They are eating steak. I don't know. I just love that. No, 100%. They're literally giving steak to the babies. It's It's so fun. I think it's, like, funny as well because before they interviewed Stutzler when he just moved in and they were like, oh, Josh Nair is supposed to be the cook in the house. And he was like, yeah, I have no idea about that. Yeah. He's not <laughs> he done like, anything no, impressive. No, he doesn't cook. Brady's girlfriend does all the cooking and then we order takeout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently he's back. Apparently Stutzler is messy, which is really mm-hmm. funny to me because he's the only German in the house. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that was funny. Really going against the culture. He is also a 19-year-old boy, though, so I don't... I think mm-hmm. being a messy 19-year-old boy, like, transcends nationality <laughs> and cultures. Um, and also, apparently, Josh Norris had to, like, wake him up from a nap so that they made it <laughs> to a game on time. Um, because he, like, just loves to sleep, which is so funny. Um, I love the image of Stutzler just, like, he, he plays out of his mind every game. He works so hard in practice, and he just he just comes home when he sleeps. Like, that's all he does. He just sleeps so and he plays sweet. hockey. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's lovely. And then um, Brady also talked about, like, just in general, um, the sort of relationship that the players have. And it sounded really delightful. Everybody's, like, likes each other a lot. And... Um, it's uh oh he like referred to Stutzler as somebody who's just like such a like chill happy-go-lucky guy and that was like so nice to have on the team um I think that's really lovely I and you know he also talks about talking to his brother every single day which is adorable I love it and like (laughs) we should also talk about how since Twitter has just decided that we want Matthew Kachuk on the team um and I don't know like I know the Flames are like looking at making some big roster moves I don't know how strong the rumors are about Matthew Kachuk like if that's actually something they're looking at but I keep seeing rumors about him moving and um yeah I think that having both Kachuks on the team would be like the ultimate sense to go thing like it 
I can't imagine a team with double Kachuk energy. That's incredible. But I also kind of love that, like, there's this rivalry between the two. And we've, you know, Brady was talking in that same interview about how, like, you know, Matthew was just always better than him because he's, you know, he's older, right? (laughs) And so Brady was, like, the little brother, like, you know, tagging along in Matthew's road hockey games and, like, playing against players older than him and stuff and always sort of in his brother's shadow. Um, and since Twitter has very much, like, taken Brady's side in this, like, battle of the Kachucks, and so I'm trying to picture what it would be like to have Matthew come onto the team, um, and, like, personally, I would bully Matthew. I, I would be like, Brady is the best Kachuk, Matthew is okay, but he's, he's only the second best. <laughs> That's really funny. I, um, I don't think that the Flames are gonna trade Matthew Kachuk. I could not no, see I that happening. So. But I... I yeah. I'm obsessed with fans making up like theories like this though. Um and I you know, mm-hmm. as I've decided now I believe in the secret or something. Um so <laughs> we might as well try to manifest double kachaks. That's that's wonderful. Exactly. I I also like I just love the idea of Brady like being this established player on the team. He's probably going to be the captain. He's the heart and soul, you know, he's um yeah, like probably the best player on the team or at least one of the best players and then I'm imagining like his older brother coming in and like it's his brother who kind of does the same thing he does but slightly better (laughs) and like how would Brady feel about that? (laughs) I think also I discovered a while back that both Brady and Matthew are incredibly popular in the hockey real person fic um, (laughs) sphere on Tumblr. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I was really surprised. I was like, I mean, I guess it makes sense because they're like kind of young and they're brothers, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I think objectively hockey players are usually hot and um, singling out <laughs> Brady and Matthew Kachuk is surprising. I guess Matthew Kachuk is pretty <laughs> hot, but like, you know what I mean? Like, Brady's mm-hmm. a kid. Like, he looks like a big kid. And mm-hmm. so I was like, but I guess it makes sense if it's like 18 year olds writing it, or like 16 year olds, I'm assuming. Maybe. Um, yeah. Oh, I remember like, Back in the day, in, like, 2013, 2014, on, like, Puck Bunny Tumblr, there were some weird choices. Like, <laughs> there there were players that, like, I do not understand why they were so popular um, on Tumblr, but they were. So, I, I don't know. I don't always understand the taste. Yeah, I mean, it's not my, uh, not my job to say who you should think is cute and who you shouldn't think is cute. But um, it did surprise me. Anyway, my point still stands that, like, I think that uh, hockey fanfic Tumblr would lose it if um if, if Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk were on the same team they would 100% come up with some like insane fic so um maybe they should do it just for like just for Tumblr just for mm-hmm. hockey Tumblr I also you know I joked about like Brady being overshadowed by his older brother but like honestly I it seems to me like they would love that oh 100% I cannot see anything that um fanfic tumblr would like more i've never really been a part of fanfic tumblr i've always been from the outside looking in so maybe i think that they're more like weird than they are maybe i'm just like an outsider you know lurking but mm-hmm. i feel um, like that would be right right up that alley yeah also i just want to clarify there is a common misconception going around twitter about me specifically um i i have been quite open about my um past and present as a fanfiction writer I would like to clarify that I write fanfiction about books, 
I do not write fan fiction about real people. I am a hockey fan, and I am a fan of fan fiction, and I fully support people's rights to write weird hockey real person fic. I do not think people should be bullied for that. I think it's cool that they do it. However, just want to clarify that I am not a part of that specific community. Yeah, people also keep being like, you guys should write fic about this, and we're like, no, the mascots are where we stop. We will not yeah, write about we're... real people. This is our comfort zone. I will not yeah. even write about the person inside the mascot costume. In our mm-hmm. universe, the mascot character is the person. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> just in case anyone listening to this is like a person who plays a mascot, just know like you're not implicated in this at all. We're we're imagining your mascot costume as a sentient thing in itself. If anything, you should see it as a compliment that we think that your mascot persona stands alone and has no exactly. person inside it. I think mm-hmm. actually we're the number one um, supporters of mascots, if you think about Probably. it. Probably. We're the number one mascot respected. Probably. It's yeah. quite impressive. Anyway, okay. We've been going on a tangent here <laughs> and it's my fault. But you know what? So- this is a perfect segue into... What do you think is happening now? <laughs> it's the mascot oh. minute. Um, I'm so excited. As always. This. Yeah, this is pretty good. This one is not super explicit. You can listen to it. Um, if for some reason you just don't like the mascot minute, not sure why you're here, but skip ahead until the ad. Um, and if you're into mascots, stick around. Spartacat and Hunter had developed a passionate pen pal relationship. They discussed life in lockdown, astrology, catnip, their hopes and dreams. In fact, they discussed everything but work. As the Sens-Oilers games drew closer, Spartacat got nervous. Neither he nor Hunter could attend the games, but he disliked the idea of them being on opposing teams. It had never bothered him before, but his relationship with Hunter was different. Game one was terrible. He watched the Oilers score one goal after another and felt anger bubble up deep in his furry belly. Hunter would be enjoying this, of course. And knowing that made him feel resentful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking about his fairy belly. Um, <laughs> the morning of game two, Spartacat was close to a meltdown. Why hadn't he talked about work with Hunter? Why was he so upset? Why did he keep dating NHL mascots when there were so many other sports leagues out there? Was he subconsciously seeking out a difficult relationship? Was he to blame for his many failed relationships? The doorbell interrupted his thoughts. He swung open the door expecting the mailman, not thinking about his uncombed mane and stained shirt. Hunter flashed a dazzling smile at him. Hi, Sparty. Do you want to go for a walk? That was lovely. I loved that. Thank you. I um, am excited to see... I mean, I kind of know what happens because I help write these. But, um, you know, I'm sort of like trying to come up with some stories in my head and I've been enjoying it. It's a... I don't know, maybe I am a fanfic writer now. I think I've been a fanfic oh, writer for years, are. actually. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure. There's, fanfic for is a wide umbrella. There's lots of stuff that counts as fanfiction, <laughs> and this definitely does. Um, anyways, on the topic of mascots, um, I feel like we always we always have stuff <laughs> mascot stuff to talk about before and after the mascot minute. Like, um, There's just so much happening. Gritty obviously, was at Lake Tahoe recently. Mm. 
Um, my favorite thing about this is that, like, I don't pay that much attention to, like, what's happening around the NHL, and I knew that, like, there was an outdoor game happening at Lake Tahoe. I thought there was just one, or, like, one at a time, and so there was one game happening, and I just kept seeing all these videos of Gritty there, and I knew that the Flyers weren't playing in this game, but I was like, oh, okay, Gritty's there. I literally didn't even question it until, Mm. like, the next day when the Flyers played an outdoor game. Yeah. Um... Poppy, do you think that the NHL picked the Flyers for an outdoor game exclusively because of Gritty? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think the Flyers have such a, like, pull now in terms of um, being entertaining to watch specifically because of Gritty. So, like, (laughs) I'm serious about that. I think that that has so much to do with um, their marketing and, like, what they get to do now. I mean, maybe I'm, like, over you know, overestimating it, but that's the the vibe I get, at least. Honestly, like, you know, I, I obviously don't like any team other than the Sens. I'm very much like the Sens rule and everybody else I, like, hate. However, mm. like, I've started to kind of like the Flyers. Um, I feel like their team identity is, like, something that I really enjoy. It's kind of similar to the Sens. They're big rivals of the Penguins. And then, like, obviously Gritty is just, like, amazing. So I've caught myself, like, kind of enjoying the Flyers. Yeah, I, I'm i not too much of a hater of other teams, to be fair. Like, I just kind of, you know... So I, um, I definitely, like... I'm fine with Philly. It's not a team that has, like, a team I hate. There's, like, teams that I just actively hate for, I don't know, reasons, I guess. But um, I think Gritty really makes Mm -hmm. uh, the Flyers so much more attractive and so much more fun to root for. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes us, like, insanely shallow, but, like, who cares? I mean, again, hockey's just entertainment at the end of the day, right? So um, they've found a really good way to market their team, like, a (laughs) very, very good way to market their team. And I definitely think that that opens doors for them. Yeah, I I remember seeing tweets that are like, Gritty has literally done more to grow the game than Connor McDavid. And like, honestly, that's true. Like, I see Tommy oh, yeah. posts with Gritty all the time. Like, it, it's incredible. Um, oh, we did talk about this in the last episode. Yeah, but like, amazing how much Gritty has done for the game of hockey. It, it is true, though, like 100%. I mean, like, m- this podcast I listen to that only talks about like, celebrities that are minorly like dealer celebrities they talk about gritty they don't even talk about sports oh, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like they talk about it as little as possible so it really does have um have something quite special there um anyway the outdoor games were really funny mm-hmm. because the nhl did not consider the sun i love that <laughs> it's so funny like the ice just started melting <laughs> And it apparently, was literally... like, it was really hard to see, too, because of, like, the sun reflecting off the ice. The pictures of, like, the goalies with, like, the sunglasses under the mask. God, that was so funny. And it's, like, I don't know, like, a lot of people pointed out it's literally, like, when you go on the Rideau Canal and it's been, like, a really sunny day and you just cannot skate properly because it's just slush. That's what they had yeah. but for, like, professional hockey players who are used <laughs> to playing on, like, really, really good ice. It's so funny. That is, like really just such an amazing you know such an iconic rivalry is the nhl versus the sun (laughs) (laughs) 
And honestly, like, I thought this was a really fun thing. Like, the visuals were great. It actually looked great, like, at sunset, too. Um, mm. I think that it was really cool that the NHL tried this. It looked really fun. Um, it looked great on TV. I didn't watch it, but the pictures I saw looked great. Oh, I beautiful. Am, even, even with this, like, hilarious mishap, I think this was a huge win. I love this. I think it was a really good idea. Like, I mean, there were all... It was, like talked about a lot just how beautiful the location was like it was so nice um the problem is just that you know they didn't consider the sun that was um a big l for the (laughs) for the team but you know like aside from that it was a beautiful location it would have technically been a wonderful idea i mean i think people were really into it you know but maybe uh should have considered some stuff Probably, yeah. You know who else was really, really into it? The Boston Bruins. And I yeah. oh, I hate the Bruins so much, and I hate how much, like, fun they seemed and how much I enjoyed mm-hmm. their outfits on game day. And, like, afterward, David Pasternak was like, yeah, we were all dancing to Barbie Girl, and then we had to interrupt the dance party to, like, talk to the media Oh, mm. I, I hate I'm, how much I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, as someone who just said that I'm not like a huge hater, I do hate the Boston Bruins, and mm-hmm. I'm very upset that they're so much fun. <laughs> I think that's and also like... okay. We roasted David Pasternak during the summer when we did our episode with Jared, and he had oh, yeah. and, you know Pasternak had a terrible outfit. Um, so apparently he's redeemed himself now because he was also wearing those cool sunglasses, right? Like, yeah, he he had an especially good outfit. It was really fun. I mean, honestly, like it was a lot of fun. I, I respect that. I think they were good. Like, I think that's such a fun thing to do. I think that we need more of that stuff, you know, and it obviously looks like it's fun for the players as well. So, you know, just like do more of it. It looked really fun. It looked like the players were having a really good time. And, Mm um, I hope that they'll like continue doing that kind of stuff but we'll see I mean the NHL is like not exactly known as uh ideal for um for doing like fun things that show personality (laughs) not exactly so we'll see what comes of this yeah 100% but that was really cool and then um yeah uh I wanted to talk about the um PWHPA briefly at least um because the dream gap tour is got the dream gap tour is going to start like literally well i guess tomorrow from when we're recording so probably the day before you hear that (laughs) um but so it it's starting at madison square garden on february 28th which is tomorrow for us and it's going to re-air on march 1st so if you're listening to this on march 1st you can still watch it um and minnesota's going to be playing New Hampshire and I guess you know I've definitely lost sight of the PWHPA during the NWHL season that you know obviously was mm-hmm. yeah. cut short so that's unfortunate and um they've gotten some like pretty big partnerships I mean they're partnering with the Rangers for this and with Sportsnet and with um the NHL network so that it can be broadcast in both the US and Canada and then they've also like announced partnerships with the Leafs and the Blackhawks, and they've got a partnership with CBC now. They've gotten like a bunch of big sponsorship deals recently, 
Um, which is, like, amazing. I mean, that's really exciting. They're obviously, like, very much focusing on, on partnering with the NHL um, in, like, the games and, I'm assuming, like, their business model. Um, yeah. It's, like, it's interesting. Like, I don't I don't know that much about women's hockey. Like, I'm just kind of a, a fan and a casual observer. Um, PWHPA has always been very focused on, like, yeah trying to get a partnership with the nhl which i'm not a huge fan of personally well it's it's complicated mm-hmm. because like they're like part of the reason why they're doing this is that they're you know they need money for a like viable league right and their idea is yeah. like the nwhl their model is not working and like i i'm not gonna go into the whole thing but like there's a lot with the nwhl i know i was very like you know, complimentary of them in the last episode, but, like, there are legitimate reasons why players didn't um, yeah. want to play there, and they've very much been, like, prioritizing the growth of the game over, like, player safety and things. Um, mm. So, like, there are legitimate problems with the NWHL, and the PWHPA is basically saying, like, hey, we we want a viable league that actually has a lot of money and can actually, you know, pay the players and, um, you know, provide, like, a, a safe working environment the way that the NWHL's model hasn't been able to, like, to work. That was a bad sentence. I'm sorry, but, like... No, no, I don't um, get what you're saying. And so I... Uh, and I, I do agree with that. Like, I think that they, they need major investors and stuff, and it's really nice to see the major investors. I don't trust the nhl to like build a good um women's hockey league personally yeah yeah i think that's really tricky i mean um the nwhl i don't know if we discussed this in our last episode or not but there's been some like you know like some some really terrible um and environments in the past for the players you know not getting proper transportation or proper um uh, rinks to play at you know in some cases not even having a changing room that kind of thing so um I can understand the like concern and that some players just do not want to go back to the NWHR um and I'm not like gonna pick sides here (laughs) I mean I just think it's fun if I can watch women's hockey um yeah me neither so that's really nice uh I understand your concern about basically attaching yourself to the NHL and kind of making the league's business model and the success dependent on NHL partnership is risky um mm-hmm. but you know like I the N- the uh, PWHPA is pretty open about the fact that they're very much wanting to collaborate with the NHL um and uh I'm sort of curious to see how that continues I'm also I mean, again, like this is pure speculation, but the um the Leafs never um said anything about the uh, Toronto team and the NWHL, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering if that might have something to do with the fact that they're now getting like a PWHPA Toronto team, and that they were working on a deal. Like, I'm not sure if that um was considered sort of a um I don't know conflict of interest or not. It a would, lot of people were speculating about that, yeah. It would explain why some NHL teams didn't publicly, like, 
support the NWHL teams in their mm-hmm. area or their cities. Um, it's kind of a shame that there's now these, like, I guess, rival... Well, the PWHPA is not a league, right? It's a it's a players associ- yeah. association. But um, it's, it's kind of a shame that there's these rival groups. I do, on the other hand, completely support the PWHPA in saying that they want, like, professional standards for professional players. They've got, like every right to demand that um but you know it's sort of a a shame to have that rivalry and I don't know what this will mean for players who've chosen to go into the NWHL in the long run it's so hard to predict that and so weird to have that situation you know yeah it's it's really complicated and I'm not like you know, as I said, I'm just kind of a casual observer. Like, I'm just here to watch hockey. And the PWHPA has a lot of, like, Olympic athletes and stuff. Like, these are players that yeah. I, I know from the Olympics, um, from the national teams and stuff. It's, mm. yeah, it, I, I kind of always go back and forth on it. Because on the one hand, like, I I really don't like the way that the NWHL has just, like, prioritized you know, growing the game and just, like, completely screwed over their players. Like, there's so much stuff that's come out about this. The Victory Press had a really good article on this, uh, like, um, in, I think, May 2020 or something like that, um, about just, like, the the working environment that's just absolutely horrifying. Like, it's it's awful. Um, And I, I really, really don't think that's a good business model. I'm, you know, obviously, I love the Toronto Six, but, like, the fact that they prioritized expansion over, like, all the other things they could do and the fact that they're thinking about more expansion is like I I can't believe that it's really really awful um but on the other hand I haven't liked where the PWHPA has been looking for their funding like you know there was obviously a lot of association with Barstool a while ago and like the the constant like asking the in um the NHL for <laughs> um for a league and stuff like that like I I haven't necessarily loved that and I don't know maybe it's me like naively believing in the NWHL but I kind of feel like really big investments in in, in the NWHL would fix a lot of those problems right like not not that I think that you know, they have managed their money well. I, I think that that money should have gone to different places, right? Like, I, I, I think that they there's been some mismanagement, but I do think that, like, a large investment could help them fix some of the problems that they had. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> no, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, like, it's hard for us to um, really understand, you know, what the underlying issues are and um what's happening behind closed doors um I can understand people who went into the NWHL because it's where you could play hockey you know like it's where you now have the opportunity to play professional hockey and I can especially understand that from young players people who have been playing on university teams or who are just out of college you know that kind of situation but then uh I guess you could also say that there is a concern that these young players are not um in a position where they can demand as much from the league that they're playing in. And so, you know, like they can prioritize expansion over, you know, paying their players well, for example, Um, if you're in a situation where, you know, there's young players who are hungry for the opportunity to prove themselves. And so they will play probably for less than they deserve. 
Um, or I, I mean, obviously for less than they deserve. I mean, they aren't being paid as much as they should get as professional athletes. But um, that being said, I loved watching the NWHL. I don't want to like demonize the NWHL. I don't want to demonize the PWHPA just because some of their players were very pro connecting with Barstool. Um, I think it's such a mixed bag. And also, obviously, there were players in the NWHL who were very supportive of a Barstool collaboration. So, you know, there's no... There's no, like, there's no saying, you know, one is better than the other. And I think that what the PWHPA stands for in general, which is, you know, giving female hockey players the opportunity to play at a level that, you know, is worthy of their skill is completely fair. So it's like a a weird time, I guess, for women's hockey in North America. Um, But I'm yeah, excited to see, I'm excited to watch the games. I mean, I'm really like, you know, any opportunity to watch women's hockey rules. Uh, I'm excited that they've got good deals. I'm excited that they get to play at, like, Madison Square Garden tomorrow, which is amazing. Yeah, it's nice. And, like, I also don't think it's a... Like you said, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's mostly, like, high-profile Olympic athletes who are... Um, who left the NWHL. Like, that That does strike me as suspicious. And, yeah, like, I don't want to seem like I'm taking aside, like, a... It's such a complicated situation and I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out. And yeah, we got some women's hockey a while back and we get some more women's hockey now and that sounds like fun. Um the uh they're still talking about the women's worlds that was supposed to be in Halifax this year. <laughs> or no, was it gonna be in Halifax last year and I was gonna miss it and then they were like, No, it'll be this year. I forget what it was. Um, but they're still kind of hoping to do it during the summer and I'm like waiting. <laughs> Like, you know, don't know when I'm going to be going back to Ottawa for a break or something, but I want to know that I want to make sure that I'm in Halifax for uh, for the Women's Worlds. That should be a lot of fun, assuming that we uh, we shut down the, the new community spread. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird time for professional sports in general. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no um, there's no saying what's coming next. And with yeah, all- and I'm saying... I'm saying that I want to attend the Women's Worlds, but, like, to be clear, this is under the, um, only on the condition that there is still no community spread in Halifax at that point. I'm not gonna, like, go to a super spreader event, even if they allow fans, which I don't think Nova Scotia will anyways. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's just very weird and interesting. Yeah, but, you know, I just wanted to, like, have it brought up. I think it's really heartening to see that, you know, this is happening. Um, that some of these games are going to start um, literally like this week and hopefully we'll just like get some positive developments in women's hockey and I, I hope that this doesn't I feel like you can sometimes sense tension on Twitter um, if you like follow mm-hmm, people invested yeah. in yeah if you follow people who are involved in women's hockey in on Twitter like there can be some like animosity which is such a shame because everybody's trying to achieve the same goal Mm -hmm. and there's no point in aside from like obviously I think that it's okay to be like we should not be partnering with Barstool like I think that's a completely reasonable sure completely reasonable critique a completely reasonable thing to like say no you know like we should or you know when when we say okay we need to make sure that our players are being treated well that they have locker rooms and toilets like very basic stuff Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, I think that's completely fair, but I think that 
you know, the um, prospect of infighting because of different approaches is, you know, just such a shame, like, because <laughs> uh, we're all working towards yeah. the same goal. And, you know, um, I don't know how this is going to end. I mean, now having like two different like Toronto teams and stuff is mm -hmm. such a strange situation to be in. So, you know, it would be lovely if at some point they could just like come together and make it work somehow. Mm -hmm. That was my little um women's hockey rant. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. I, mean, I did. I don't know if the listeners did. Um, <laughs> anyways, so that is the end of this episode. Our last segment, of course, is Big Rig Energy. And we have decided this week to... <laughs> I say this week as if we do weekly episodes. <laughs> like... <laughs> This month, we have decided to award Big Rig Energy to Twitter user at Brochensky, who invented the Sensico meme. He did the original Sensico edit, and mm -hmm. it's truly, like, so good. Um, he's also just, like, a cool guy. Uh, I, I also like that, like, you know, there are some memes that sort of take off like some tweets that are really famous like you think of like um the feeble math like cody cc more like kaka pp tweet like every <laughs> once in a while you get like those those tweets that really take off and brochensky has now had two of those because he also invented if i remember correctly sends are cool leafs are poo god he's an elite poster right <laughs> like an elite poster the fact that he's now had like two just iconic sends memes that like everybody knows about amazing yeah i love this i love this for him i also think he's just like as i said a very cool guy in general so we've both met him in person he's great he's delightful and i'm happy that um this meme took off because it's so funny and like i'm <laughs> just loving seeing it spread so he definitely never forget where energy. it came from no you always <laughs> pay respect to Prochensky. exactly he like deserves he deserves to be honored for his work <laughs> for his elite posting um and with that uh i'd say thank you for listening to this amalnican life you can find us on twitter at amalnican life or you can email us at this life at gmail.com our music is by steve frouse our logo is by lena novi and angus fitzgerald clark and for bonus content you can find us on patreon.com slash this life I've been informed, been informed that you have to go to the link directly. You cannot search as in Patreon because some of our content is marked explicit. Um, so just make sure you go Probably to, for the best. Yeah, just make sure you go to patreon.com this Manly can life. And then we're working on merch finally. Um, so, you know, just keep an eye on our social media. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, we'll obviously post there as well. And hopefully... When this episode goes up, or shortly thereafter, there should be some the Somalian merch available. Very exciting! I can't wait to buy all of it and wear it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great when I'm decked out in my own merch. <laughs> None of you are ready for the stuff that we have come up with. It's it's truly iconic, and like some of it is like maybe five people will buy this, but I think it's so funny that I'm just like really happy with it. Yeah, so we'll be sort of you know releasing some designs at a time as we sort of figure out how to do this um <laughs> and then finally you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and please rate and review us on itunes we say this every week i should probably say it at the beginning please. of the episode as well but 
Please do, because we have a really mean review and it's breaking my heart. <laughs> you guys aren't listening to us. You're not reviewing us. Please do it. <laughs> and with that, goodbye. Bye.